You're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. Welcome to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and today I'm delighted to have with me Kevin Herring. Kevin is a recognized expert in team and business unit turnarounds and creator of the 90-Day Turnaround, a unique program for building great leaders and turning any work group into a highly engaged, high-performing team in just 90 days. Kevin is a consultant, published author, and national conference keynote speaker. He has been published and quoted in Forbes, CFO, Talent Management, Workforce, and HR Executive, among others. So welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so I'd like to ask one question to get us started so that uh, everybody in the audience knows who's talking to them. And that is, tell your story. Where have you been? How'd you get there? Where are you? And what's next? Or whatever yeah. you want to put in there. Well, it's interesting. I've, I've always had uh, a kind of a fascination with strategy and with um, work processes and, and, uh, and enjoy working with people. And so uh, those kind of themes sort of resonated with me throughout my growing up years. And uh, eventually I had jobs in college that were kind of fascinating. I, I've shared with others a fascinating experience where I worked on an assembly line one summer in a an, what I call an accidental self-directed work team. <laughs> and it, it just evolved, happened. There was no manager there to really guide things. And, and we set our own production standards and goals and set new records for the, for the facility uh, week after week throughout the summer. It was just a great experience and uh, taught me a lot about human nature and how people work together. It was a very diverse group of people from uh, all walks of life, including young students, single students like me. There were married couples that, that were employed by the company. We had a, a number of people who were Southeast Asian refugees uh, who, in, in some cases, spoke very little English. And so they had those challenges associated with, with immigrating to a new country and under uh, difficult circumstances. And so it was a very diverse group of people, um, and yet we made that work. And I say we, I, I stepped into it. It was already happening, so I didn't do anything to create it. But having that experience fascinated me and made me want to analyze what was going on, why it occurred, and how that might be replicated somewhere else. So that, that kind of um, pushed me into... Um, uh, programs in college that uh, were involved uh, industrial psychology and uh, organizational psychology. And I went to graduate school at University of Illinois studying organizational behavior and leadership and human resources and came out of there working for a consulting firm to begin with, where we actually did assess organizations and leaders to see where they were in the spectrum of employee engagement and, and uh, high performance and what the leaders needed to do to be more effective in developing that kind of an organization. Uh, so um, had a great experience with uh, when I was recruited to work for a company called Magma Copper Company. It was undergoing an entire organization-wide uh, culture transformation. And, and, that, and as a result of that, the company went from being on the sort of the brink, the brink of going under to becoming a high-performing uh, highly profitable business. 
So uh, all those experiences uh, were opportunities for me to continue to analyze why people did what they did, how they worked together, what, what leaders needed to do to create uh, a great high-performing organization. And uh, just kept sort of picking at that over the years, uh, trying to figure out what the core elements were and how I might streamline the process and make, make the process shorter for the transformation to occur. And, and that's what kind of brought us down that uh, into that, into that um, channel of the 90-day turnaround where we recognized that once we really identified those key elements, we were doing the, the, the core work and the fundamental turnaround in 90 days, even with larger groups. So we knew that as we scaled it down to teams, uh, we could do that consistently, and, and we did. So uh, anyway, that's kind of how we got where we, were, where we are today. Uh, really had a desire to expand what we were doing in person as consultants more broadly to those uh, in the workplace for leaders to be able to do that themselves. So that's kind of where we're headed right now. Oh, excellent. So it all got started when you had a self-directed work team, an accidental self-directed work team, but it worked. It worked. It worked very effectively. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, helped each other out. They changed, uh, they rotated jobs just on their own to keep it interesting. So people didn't get so bored on the line. Uh, as you can imagine, it's an assembly line. It's not the most uh, uh, intellectually stimulating kind of a place to be. So, um, but, but made it fun, made it interesting. And, um, it was just, uh, that kind of experience that really helped me see firsthand what was possible. What was the key to making that work? You know, what, what was, what was it about that group that just enabled it to happen? You know, I, I, I am convinced that the, the key is understanding that most people are self-motivated. Most people have a desire to do work that they're happy with, they're proud of each day, that they, that gives them some sense of meaning and purpose. So when they walk out the door at the end of the day, they know they've contributed to something uh, greater than what they could, they could create on their own and helped a, a larger group to, to succeed. And I, that's, that's self-motivating. You know, people who are intrinsically motivated can create that. And what I find is that most people are that way. Sure, there are exceptions, but most people have a desire to do a good job. They show up every day wanting to, to do something meaningful. They don't come to work with the desire to just mess everything up or to, to have a bad experience or to make a bad experience for other people. You know, that's the exception rather than the rule. And I think that was tapped in that environment because people found themselves in, an, in, an, in a situation where the manager wasn't present uh, very rarely and really didn't interface with, with the group. And so people had to sort of figure out what they wanted to do with that time each day. And so they pulled together and, uh, and found ways to keep it interesting, to keep it stimulating and to feel good about what they did every day. I love, <clears throat> I love that. I, I'm a big believer that people are self-motivated mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> might even be able to say that probably everybody is, but there is a percentage that we just haven't figured out what environment causes them to have that self-motivation. That's a great way to put it. I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah. It's a, and that's a, such a powerful concept for a leader to understand mm -hmm. because, you know, you go to a bookstore and you just see how to motivate your employees. Mm -hmm. 
key to motivation. You watch movies, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like you're saying, it's kind of inside, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I was in a, I was speaking to a group of HR people one time and I, I raised this question and I said, um, how, how many of you feel like your employees in general need somebody to, to keep them motivated? That that's the leader's job is to keep your employees motivated. Of course, every hand went up. And I said, let me ask you this. How many of you as individuals need somebody to motivate you? Well, not a hand went up, right? Yeah. Because nobody believes they need to be motivated. But for some reason, there's this mistaken notion that everybody else needs to be motivated. Somehow we're all different. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is we're not. Uh, people are people. And the reason why that's important to understand is that if you're if you're a manager and you think you have to motivate your people, what are you going to do? You're going to do things to manipulate their behavior, to manipulate them into doing the things that you want them to do because you don't think they're going to do it on their own. And what it leads to micromanaging, it leads to removing responsibility and all the kinds of behaviors that drive compliance behavior in employees and, and destroys individual commitment and choice uh, for accountability. Yeah, I think, you know, what I really like about what you said there is kind of this idea of, it's almost like motivation versus manipulation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and that's so true. It's, it's uh, you know, such great advice for a leader is to remember, figure out how to tap into that mm -hmm. intrinsic motivation and not be manipulative. Yeah. So yeah. I would just say this, it, it also, it also relates to the notion of, of, um, of holding people accountable. And I have a friend of mine who in her master's thesis uh, wrote, uh, 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 published a paper on, the myth of, of uh, accountability or the myth of holding people accountable. And um, it's, it's fascinating, but the way I kind of look at it is that the minute that you start to, uh, you sit down with somebody and you tell them, um, I'm going to hold you accountable, what has just transpired in that interaction? You've, you've taken the accountability away because mm -hmm. now you're saying, you're no longer accountable. I am, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna show that by checking up on you, by watching you, reminding you, or doing whatever I have to do to get you to do something, right? So I've taken the responsibility on myself now for that whatever it is getting done. So when you think you're holding somebody accountable by uh, by exercising greater control by micromanaging, by pressuring, doing all those manipulating, whatever, whatever it is you do, you have assumed control and you have assumed responsibility. A person cannot choose commitment and accountability for something they don't have control over. And so when you take the control away and you take the responsibility away, you have now become accountable. And that person is not choosing accountability, they're choosing compliance. They're simply doing what you're telling them to do. That there's the in the level of engagement, the level of performance that you get from compliance is is horribly uh, lacking 
in comparison to what you get from somebody who is committed and engaged and has chosen to be accountable for the results. That's so true, but gosh, how many times do I hear managers say, I'm going to hold you accountable or upper management saying you need to hold them accountable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's a notion that if something isn't working, it must be out of control. And mm -hmm. if it's out of control, the obvious solution is to bring it into control. Well, how do you bring things into control? You, you micromanage it, you take over. And, and that's, the that's where the breakdown occurs. Yeah. That is not the way to fix a problem in a way that engages people and engages their commitment and desires to, um, uh, to innovate and improve and, and create something better. Yeah, so true. So true. So you do a lot of work in the turnaround space. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I did um, earlier in my career, I did, I did quite a bit of work in turnarounds as well. Um, I was kind of gifted them. So I, you know, I, I was brought in because it was a turnaround situation. Mm -hmm. But what if as a leader, I had been there before? How would I know it's time that I need to turn it around? Well, I mean, there may be an incident, there may be a set of circumstances. The, the, to me, the bottom line is, is there's a choice. There's a decision made that where we're at today is, is the market is telling us it's not where we need to be. And we need to make a change. We need to do something different. In some cases, people have tried all kinds of things. They've uh, implemented, uh, they've automated processes. They brought in robots and, and, and they're still having the same problems or other problems uh, that are causing them to not meet their goals and to compete well. And, and those are the things that kind of tell us that we need to do something different. You know, we've tried all the technical solutions that, that are apparent and they're just not working. So that is not the issue. Uh, the, the bigger issue is our systems, not our technical system, but our social system is breaking down. It's not performing optimally. And so at some point we just have to make a decision. Now it could be we're in a, we're in a desperate situation where if something doesn't change dramatically very quickly, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna lose the business. We're gonna lose the, the right to compete in the marketplace. Um, and, and that's certainly a motivating factor to get people engaged and, and thinking differently, but you don't need that. I mean, you really just need to sit down and, and say, do I want to continue down the path I'm, I'm on today? Are these the results I want to continue to generate? And if not, what do I need to generate and how am I going to get there? Well, uh, doing the same thing I'm doing today is going to get me the same results I'm getting now. So something in the system has to change. And that's where that's where we come in. We say, okay, well, wh wherever wherever you need to be, let's let's identify that, and then we'll help you change the organization to get you there. Create the the culture, the engagement, the organization structure, the processes, whatever it is, uh, we'll we'll help you do what you need to to create that turnaround. So so what are some of the key drivers for business? Um, to be able to turn around so fast. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, we, had, we touched on one of them and that's as leaders recognizing or acknowledging that people are generally self-motivated, intrinsically motivated and tapping that. So, so um, you know, we need to have an environment of trust. And with that environment of trust, then we develop credibility and we can, and we can be an effective leader. 
Um, so what do we have to do? Well, we call the six C's of engagement. We find that if we do these six C's, it really um, is, is all we need to, to get the ship turning in the right direction. And those are context and connection, um, control, commitment, communication, and competence. So those are, those are really the, the core. Now, certainly there are other things that can contribute and help with the turnaround, but if you have those six things in place and executing them well, uh, any team, any group uh, can perform at a very high level. So, I mean, how many, how many of these six things do you find typically an organization that needs to turn around has in place already? Uh, they often have a few. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, you, nobody ever seems to have all of them for sure. Or else it wouldn't uh, be there. <laughs> right, right. So some of them have have embraced some of the process improvement tools like Six Sigma, for instance, or uh, Kaizen or Lean Manufacturing or things like that. And so they've done things around process improvement, and yet they're not getting the results. And so we, we feel like, you know, process improvement is important. It's a big part of it. But uh, you have to have a culture that that embraces that process and understands what to do with it and is committed to it. And so, you know, the first thing is that we find is um, some organizations are pretty good at um, at context. In other words, they they show the big picture to their employees that employees are well educated about the competition and all the aspects of the business but they really haven't showed them how they connect to it, how they have an impact on the success of the business at a personal level or how the team impacts the business overall. Um, and so that that's part of that. So context and connection are important. Um, we find that um, sometimes organizations are pretty good at giving employees some control, but, but possibly not enough control. Like they may give them access to the means to do the work, um, but they don't let them control enough of the methods. They don't let them have enough decision latitude to uh, innovate and use their ingenuity to fix things and, and improve things and, and deal with exceptions that inevitably happen uh, in, the, in the work. And so those are, those are some things that we recognize that you know, there are some pieces that, that organizations might have, but they're usually incomplete. And, and when we dovetail these things together, then we get much more powerful results. Yeah, excellent. And one of the things you said at the, uh, you know, earlier was uh, one of the big components of being able to turn around so successfully is trust. And mm -hmm. it's interesting, in my experience, at least, that's usually what's missing when you're entering into a turnaround effort, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny. I went to an organization one time and, and the employees told us that the CEO was, was going to have an all hands meeting and, um, and they were muttering about it and kind of complaining that they, they didn't trust them. They said, we don't, we don't believe a thing the CEO says. And I said, what, tell me what's behind that. Where's that coming from? And they said, well, um, some years ago, I don't remember, it was like eight years ago or something, Previously, they had uh, had a meeting at the end of the year and everybody knew work wasn't going well. There wasn't a lot of business. Things were slowing down. And so everybody was a little bit concerned. And uh, so on, this is on a Friday. 
the CEO had an all hands meeting, told everybody, uh, you know, we had a we had a rough year, but uh, things are looking great. Where things are picking up, we have a bright year ahead of us, and uh, we're just excited going forward. We're we're going to have a, a a banner year, and uh, so the weekend passed. The next week, a third of the employees were laid off. Oh, geez. Now, right? So now everybody, you know, everybody says, there's no way he didn't know that was going to happen, right? He just stood up there and lied to us. And they hadn't, they hadn't forgotten it. I mean, those that were still there just had not forgotten it. And so the, he had no credibility with them. That one incident yeah. was enough to destroy credibility. He couldn't do anything to get people to, to listen to him and in, in his vision that he was trying to share for the business. So, so credibility is everything. If you don't have trust of your employees, then um, it's pretty hard to, to succeed in, in engaging people at a high level. So the first thing somebody like that needs to do is need to acknowledge they made a mistake. And in his case, you know, my my advice was to publicly acknowledge and say, you know what, I, you know what, that was that was a big mistake. That was wrong. Uh, my intentions may have been good, but um, trying to hide the truth from you because it was so hard, and I didn't want you to have to bear that over the weekend and all that. And but I should have been honest and truthful with you to tell you it's a rough year, and we're going to have to make some changes, and and uh, there's going to be some pain or you know, whatever had to happen should have had some, uh, authenticity in the, in the messaging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great story. Uh, <clears throat> so you have the 90 day turnaround. How do you know when a turnaround is done? Well, I would say the turnaround is never done. If people are continuing to engage and, and look for opportunities to improve, which is what, you know, what the whole intent is. Uh, but, but the the within the 90 days, the fundamental changes should have occurred such that results have been generated. We already see a, a substantial improvement in performance and and what we see in terms of people's engagement. All right. So we look at both how are people engaging now versus before, but but also as a result of that engagement. What kind of results are we seeing in the performance of the team and, and of individuals? And so we want to, we always want to have a minimum 20% improvement in performance. Um, more commonly, we see 40, even 50%. We've even doubled productivity in some groups, some business units where we've done this for the entire business unit. So yeah, we we look, we're looking at substantial improvements. We expect to see those. Uh, within 90 days and then uh, and to continue to build from there. Excellent. So, you know, you're a company that's struggling and, uh, you know, you're, you're entering this, this idea of a turnaround. What's the first step? First step is to pull the team together and say, here's what we're going to do and here's why we're going to do it. And and to have a, an upfront, authentic conversation, acknowledging what's been done in the past that didn't work, and then saying, okay, now we're, we're going we're gonna to step forward. And for some, it's going to be a leap of faith. For some, it's going to be a little bit of a step in the dark in the sense that we haven't been down this path before. But uh, it's based on sound science, and it's based on um, 
a, a proper perspective on, on, on each of our own personal motivations and desires to find meaning and purpose at work. And so here's what we're going to do and then just lay it out. And so the first thing to start focusing on is I, I like to say is, is um, to work on the context to help people see the big picture, make sure they have that and in some detail. Because the, the leader, the manager gets to attend other meetings, gets to interface with other department heads and, uh, and, and leaders at the next level up and gets a lot of information that the core workforce doesn't get. And so they're not privy to a lot of the important information that would be useful in understanding the, the context and understanding the big picture and how they're impacting it or how it's going to impact them. And so they're not able to make good decisions in the moment because they don't have all the, all the information. So first thing is build their capacity to understand what the business is all about, what the business needs and, and their place in it. And this, the next step after that, we say focus on context. And that is um, how do each of us impact each other and the organization as a whole. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of times at the top, you know, there's this feeling that we must hoard information, you know, mm -hmm. especially in a turnaround. And, uh, yeah. but the reality is, is you want to push it down as far as you can, because then you can kind of get everybody on the same page and everybody rowing in the same direction and all those kind of things. Absolutely. And you know, what's funny about the way we operate in organizations is that we, that we do, like you say, we, we uh, put people at the top of the organization pyramid and, and, and allow them to hoard information to be able to have all the information about the business and the customer and control over the resources and the decision-making and all the things that the person doing the core work or the person who's interfacing with the customer needs to be able to make the right decisions. And, yeah. and so, right. So we delegate down to lesser and lesser degrees until by the time we get to those core workers, they have the least amount of information, decision latitude and access to resources and all those sorts of things. So they're least able to do the most important things that we need done in the business. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. So I've got one more question before I let you get out of here. And that is, how do people find you? You can reach me at a couple of places. We have the 90dayturnaround.com. And you have to have the, the word the, <laughs> the 90dayturnaround.com. And our website, ascentmanagement.com. So ascentmgt.com. Excellent. And we'll link all that up in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Good stuff. You know, it's, uh, I think, useful for managers at any level, really. And, uh, and leaders. So thank you for coming on and sharing that with us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thanks for listening to the Aim to Win podcast. As always, subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff on wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm.